Welcome to Dr. DM, a podcast where three pseudo-professional D&D players take questions from game masters to help them plot out their stories and to plot against their players. The doctors are in. Well, hi. Hi. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this so, is going to be great. Um, very professional. Already. Yes. Loving it. Mm-hmm. I'm Tasha. Hi. <laughs> Hi Tasha. Uh, hi Tasha. Um, I'm Beth. I'm Leanne. And as the intro said, we're three pseudo professionals. We're not technically doctors. Absolutely not a doctor. No, no technical. There is no technical about it. We are not doctors or PhDs. We, we um, might not we, be doctors, but we are DMs. That's true. And pseudo professionals. I'm. I'm going to take that title. Hey, I'm working toward a master's degree. Absolutely. I am a professional, just not in this. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I guess sort of to explain a little bit more about what we're doing, um, uh, Tasha and I are sisters. And so we've been playing D&D since forever because our dad started playing D&D and it sort of became a family thing. That kind of whole, and you sat by your father's knee, and he taught you how to do whatever the family trade was. That was us, NDT. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the actual job. No, no, it was all about how to be a proper nerd. Yes. <laughs> um, and in in true proper nerddom, Tasha started the very first RPG club on our high school campus, and then I became the second president of the RPG club at our high school campus, and that's where I dragged in my friends. President I, is a nice word. Dictatorship probably is closer to what. It's a monarchy. Oh. And I was a dumb nerd with no other extracurriculars, so I ended up in the room quite often. But yeah, so I guess the reason behind us recording a podcast is mostly because all of us on different occasions have gotten questions from players, from former players, from other DMs about what to do next. How do they do this next story arc? Their player brought them some cool backstory or they have a cool villain they're thinking of, but they want to incorporate them into their story. How do they do that? What makes this a good story? How do they get a, a from point A to point B in their storyline? And so we thought instead of just answering those questions one-on-one, we could bring that information to a wider range of people and help more people figure out how to fix their D&D plots. Yes, because I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who would benefit from our weird all-nighter, our all-nighter rants about D&D lore and, and yeah. solving each other's DM problems around your kitchen table, as we so often do. Yeah. Mm. But to be clear, we're not like lore masters in any of the different worlds. We're not like super into Faerun or um, Greyhawk or Pole or anything like that. Um, uh, Everon, so, Dark Suns, Dragonlands, uh, you know, Stuff, <laughs> we we know what they're called. Um, <laughs> a map is a map is a map is a yeah. map. Um, I'm okay. Map. I, I will take a little exception. We're probably a little more detailed about Taldori, but that's for other reasons. That's just um, the world that we like to play in. That, that's true for a lot of DMs, you know? Like, if, you, if you've if you played only ever from, you know, the official 
Wizards of the Coast modules, you probably, you know, from 5th edition, you're probably really familiar with Faerun and Neverwinter and the geography and what gods there are and who really controls Baldur's Gate and things like that. If you're playing in a world, you're going to be familiar with that world. But I guess this disclaimer is just to say that even though we, we are more familiar with some more than others, our goal isn't to say that one is better than the other. We're just here to help with the story wherever it's set. And speaking of that, that means we're, the three of us are much more storyteller GMs than we are rule GMs. I hate rules. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're much more really made to be broken. <laughs> We're, um, we're much more interested in making the story flow and to keep, keep the game fun. The game is always supposed to be fun. It's a game. Um, and so we're much more interested in making sure that everyone at the table, GMs and players all, are having fun. So if that means fudging dice, fudging rules sometimes, then we're happy to make that 20 a 1 or that 1 a 20 if it helps the story. So that might not always j uh, jive with other people's um, GM styles, but this is just the style that we enjoy particularly. Kind of a hard ass on the <laughs> roll sometimes, which is funny because I still will bend them. I just... Well, that's the point of a GM, right? To to be the master of the rules and the master of when to break them. You're You're there for the control amongst the chaos. Mm -hmm. heard those cats heard those cats yes tasha yeah <laughs> thank you <laughs> so yeah so we're um we're not planning on creating story content for you we're planning on helping our question our, our listeners and our question askers um to help guide their own story we're, we're really just trying to give you plot elements and plot devices we're not connecting any dots for you we're just making the dot to dot password like like the puzzle and giving you the ability to fill in the blanks as you need to continue your story we're giving you a storyboard yeah not a finished manuscript excellent uh well with that do you want to get into our first question i would love to so who, who's our first question from that was so organic I thanks for podcasting thanks for pointing it out <laughs> we have to be authentic or our listeners will leave what listeners? Anyway, question one. Uh, question one comes from our, uh, well, my dear friend, Sammy, who is a DM um, and has been for a very short amount of time compared to folks like you two or your dad. But, I mean, even, even the most experienced GMs have a lot of questions, you know? You, mm -hmm. you know, rules get muddy. It's, there's a lot of wiggle room. So, from DM Sammy. One of my player's characters has a backstory where he is the child of an orc and a noblewoman who was taken against her will. The player character was left on the nobleman's doorstep, and the nobleman sent him away to a monastery. Additional information. Big a disclaimer. The player wrote a lot of the backstory in, this per in the perspective of their PC, their player character, meaning that the player character is an unreliable narrator, and it leaves a lot of holes to be filled in the story. That gives us a lot of wiggle room also. The noble woman, the noble man, the dad, the human dad, is based on the backstory, a good guy who tried to do his best. He let the PC keep his noble title, even though PC was raised elsewhere after being left on his doorstep. 
the orc dad took the human mom, the noble woman, when his tribe attacked the town. Apparently the nobleman gave her to him so he would leave and it worked. That's kind of a wild ride. I don't think we really have to dive too deep in. Just We, we just know that mom got took. Mm-hmm. Mom got baby. Mom uh, did die in labor giving birth to our player character. Um, and then the player character was left on the nobleman's doorstep and then was sent away, but was allowed to keep his noble title. So from Sammy, moving forward, I wanted to do an arc where the nobleman summons the PC and the party because the PC's half-brother, the true heir to the noble lineage, has gone missing. I wanted to have the PC confront the nobleman, etc. emotional stuff. But I can't decide what has happened to the half-brother. I was thinking it would be a mystery. Possibly half-bro is dead, or maybe he just ditched and wanted it to look like he's dead, or he was kidnapped, or something. I don't know. Doctors, help me! Uh, no copyright infringement um oh we've already started that my gut check on this is drama is better so having the um the orc half uh the half brother the human half brother having run off with the orcan tribe for whatever reason is by far a better storyline than rather than just the the half brother being dead. Him faking his own death, so much drama. Yes. Perfect. Yes. yes. Um, I also would like to point out that if he does run away with the previous orc tribe, like he falls in love with another orc there, that it sounds like that maybe this happened a little more organically than in his the PC's backstory happened a little more organically than just they got took. Like, yes. maybe this has been a thing that's been going on for a while. Yeah, I think yeah. I think um, the player has given the DM quite, like, an excellent tool in that he they wrote the backstory of the player character in the player character's perspective, which means that the, narr- the, the narrative of the player character is unreliable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it leaves us a lot of holes to fill, which means even if the player or the PC, it has been told that, oh, your your mom was taken by an orc tribe. Uh, we had to give her up so they would leave. They needed a prize. That could just be what he's been told. It might not be the truth. And that gives the GM a lot of wiggle room in terms of like what actually happened and how you can reveal those kinds of details. Uh, I really like taking the orc clan and almost putting a viking s spin on it where the vikings showed up and turns out they're better dressed and they treat women better and so suddenly all the women started running away with them so uh, horrible stories got spread around about their their kind of lineage and things like that about them being terrible people and so it helps remove that automatic label of orc bad from mm. the the storyline creates much more interesting um uh, uh, character development aspects and story aspects further on. So possibly mom was given up only for the orcs to be like, wow, that guy was a butt. Um, <laughs> this is how we should properly treat women. And so she's not, you know, dead or something. She just, you know, started living with the orcs. Yeah, if your wife's leaving you because somebody better came along and treated her the way she wanted, 
I, I, I don't see it as a far stretch to then start yelling about how folks stole your wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do kind of like the idea. I don't know if her being live, though, was beneficial because maybe this is just me and having parents that would fight tooth and nail. I just, I, I, I see a mom not wanting to give up her kid like that. I mean, even because if, if she found this better life, right, wouldn't she want to keep her child in that better life? But the question is, would the half-orc brother have been okay there does that make sense like would he have fit in well why then why has she, why would this be better for her if she's a human there are some additional uh quite uh in there's additional information from the question sammy gave us that i didn't include uh just because our conversation was very long the player character the pc is very human passing to a glancing eye he does just look like a very large like burly human and the half brother is i would assume fully human or at least not an orc mm-hmm. i don't know if that would change your question tasha about like how does the mom benefit but if if the mom did or did not stay with the orc clan if she's dead or if she's alive regardless the son the the player character was given up mm-hmm. he was given back to the nobleman without his mother this just brings up a point because the uh half brother could be looking for his mom and decided to join her if she's alive but then it raises the question why well why didn't she keep her her son here's here's a thought what if mom was given to tribe temporarily and then was made to go back like she was like a temporary prize she went back and then was then treated not necessarily poorly, but not with like the same respect she had been getting from the tribe mm-hmm. and then faked her own death there, left baby behind and returned back to the the tribe. She like ran away and then half bro finds out about this later on and goes off to seek his mom and ends up somehow in the orc clan. Along those same lines, it could be that if mom was taken and quote-unquote defiled in some way, I hate that word, but like if the orc clan didn't really want her and if she's now like fallen from the grace of the human society, she may not have been able to return. She might not even be with the clan at all, but the PC and the half-brother both probably don't know where she is if they're being told that she's been dead. So I'm thinking maybe if the half-brother somehow learned that she might be alive, he might go after the clan that shunned his mother in order to try and start a search for her. I like that a lot more because the idea of her having to be in between two worlds that she didn't get a fit in and she wants to have her children be in, in these worlds that then they could prosper makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah, like and if, I, I suppose if the what you were saying with the ha- the player character Pat being human passing, I suppose if he had been more orc passing, she may have left him with the orcs. So he was more human passing when, she, when he was born. So she plopped him down into the noble side because he might have a better life in that yeah. village. It Think may about not it. have even been her choice. Like, she might not have had any agency in where her children are going if 
the orcs are the ones who dropped the PC back off at his dad's house, and dad is telling everybody that she's dead. Like, he's not even trying to look for her. That's so true. She might not have any agency, and that could be oh the plot of of this arc. What if she thinks they're dead? Like, like the PC's dead. Like, he, he was a, a stillbirth. Uh, that could be. I could also see the orcs, like, if they wanted to keep her for some mm-hmm. reason, and they do actually still have her, I could see them lying and saying that the whole village was raided and, you know, everybody died. They made sure to raise the whole thing to the ground. And so she doesn't know that the nobleman and both her sons are still alive. Maybe. I I just lean against the idea of the orcs being traditionally evil. That's just more of a of a personal choice. I, I disagree with having the the whole raiding party be evil. I agree. Um, I think coding one encounter or coding an entire race based off of one encounter as D D often does is problematic. But also it, it it makes a more dynamic story if it's not all black and white. The orcs are evil and the humans are good. Like yeah. clearly, there's a lot of there's a lot of things we don't know going on in this story. So like, what if now? Oh, go ahead, Tasha. Sorry, I just had like you you spiled in. I had this, like a really cool story that kind of just popped into my head. Okay, what if mom light magic user right? So she gets brought in to almost become like this not necessarily shaman but maybe like the shaman's assistant. Uh. But she ends up kind of falling in love, blah, 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 becomes part of the tribe and, like, really enjoys it. Shaman kind of doesn't like, like, starts to envy her, starts to have, like, a grudge against her. She ends up giving childbirth. The shaman, maybe, maybe not the shaman, maybe the clan leader has a grudge against her instead. And orders the baby to be, to be returned to the human settlement because it looks like, it looks mostly human, take it home, kind of thing. And she thinks that the the half-orc child's dead. She maybe had to already give up or the or she already thought the half-brother's dead if he's older. He didn't know she didn't know she he survived maybe the initial attack because they, they do sound still like a raiding party. So at the end of the day, they are gonna kind of have a skirmish and kill people, even if it's not black and white. You know, maybe maybe they were just doing a, a hey, we heard a couple of you pay us off and we'll go away sort of thing, which yeah, that seems a lot more reasonable because then no one's less people are getting hurt on either side and you would want to protect your own people as well. So if the nobleman isn't willing to keep a baby that just appeared on his doorstep and he was told was his wife's, you know, his late wife's son, mm-hmm. even if it isn't his son, if he's not willing to keep that baby, what would the orcs want it for either? Like the the PC could just be like a man between two worlds. Mm-hmm. With almost no understanding of either, it sounds like. Yeah. But I think we, we we need to stop looking at the mom because Sammy's question is, what happened to the half-brother? Fair point. Why, why are we looking for the half-brother? Where did he go? Well, that's just it. If the raiding party isn't actually a mobile party, say they set up a, a village nearby the, the human village. So like somewhere off in the forest, there is a camp that is a more permanent settlement for this Orkin party. You can have the half-brother discover something about the Orkin party, i.e. 
mom might be there go trancing off into the, the woods to go find him gets caught gets hurt the orc party finds him and he gets then taken into the orc party to be cared for but our villagers find orc tracks you know intercepting the half brother's hoof prints from you know his horse and are like oh my god the evil orcs took the air i think that's a better choice just because it gives both the gm and the players a lot of room to play if Mm -hmm. the players are a party that likes to talk to every npc if they really dig into the clues if they really talk to everybody and get the full picture they're the kind of party who would take the you know take the quest from the nobleman to go find the half bro at the orc camp mm-hmm. and then they're gonna also talk to all the orcs and go oh wait okay i see what's happening this wasn't really a kidnapping you're just helping him until he can come back on his own mm-hmm. alternatively if they're not that kind of a party and they just go through and slaughter the orcs they're still gonna rescue the half brother like they're still gonna find him i think giving them giving your party the ability to choose and the ability to have as much information as possible, whether they find it or not, is a better choice than railroading them into, here's the plot of this thing. Like, mm-hmm. you can make the plot. Yeah. Whether they find the plot is up to oh, yeah. them and the dice. Now, on that same line, the option that we have is to, instead of just saying the half-brother ran off, we could have him fake his own death, like she mentioned, or or, you know... You know, he's dead. He could have faked his own death and do something like Halfbro began to investigate the Orc clan because supposedly they were the ones who resulted in his mother's death, only to find someone in the Orc clan and in true drama fashion falls madly in love with one of them, but knows it's forbidden <sighs> because the Orcs and so they cannot be together. So he fakes his own death and then runs away together and so then they find a dead body or someone who may have been the half-brother and they're like oh my god the orcs killed him oh wait i like the idea of combining the two ideas i'm sorry brother and hunting party go onto the forest they something happens hunting party ends up dying brother doesn't orc tribe finds him takes him in they start talking he's like hey isn't my mom here and they start kind of having a discourse he doesn't return and falls in love with someone in the village all a nice little bow whether the mom's alive or not she could have actually have died in childbirth but her life with them was not as terrible as he was told as a child right and he just wants to now he's sticking around a little bit longer than maybe his wounds would need because he wants to find out what happened to his mom and he then maybe finds nice uh companion or companion and would like to stay with said or companion and doesn't know how to handle it yet so hasn't like tried to fess up that he's alive yeah i mean they could have easily because you know noble family them going off in hunting parties is like a cliche they could have been attacked by you know i don't know a dire boar some some bullshit giant bear yeah, i know owl, I mean, owl bear come yeah, on yeah um, just go with it and that also leaves um, that leaves an encounter for the DM to use on the oh, for way sure. for the party on the way to the orc camp. Like mm-hmm. the Rocky. dire bear or whatever they were chasing is still alive and definitely killed the raiding party. And now you have to face it and then learn what actually happened to the raiding party after you faced it and got into the camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, and so so it leaves it open ended. There you've got a nice fun combat with the the monster of your choosing. 
Um, mm -hmm. And they still have the option to go and attack the orc party because, again, they still are raiders. They probably raid the village periodically. Now, if they leave the heir alone, he might help convince the orc party not to do that. I mean, he still has, you know, connections to the village and etc, etc. He might be able to change those tides. Or our player characters are like, eh, we want the money. Let's just kill these guys and take the brother back hell or high water. So it gives them more flexibility in how they want to negotiate that, whether they want to do a diplomatic option or stabby stabby fighty fighty option. If you want to include more like hidden drama or hidden clues around at the beginning, whether the mom is alive or dead, you could plant some letters in the nobleman's house that their party might find between the mom and the nobleman, like that the orc party was letting her send or she was sneaking out somehow mm -hmm. to correspond with her husband. Now, whatever they say would align with whatever plot you're trying to create for this. So that could be if, if your players find them. That could explain some things on the mom's side. Like, was she really held against her will? Did she choose to be there and wrote to her husband, I hate you, I'm never coming home. Goodbye, Lawrence. Or something like that, you know? Like, <laughs> Oh, he has to be named Lawrence now. I just... <laughs> uh, we, we don't know. He, he could have a different name, but... Um, I... Well, for the purposes of this podcast, his name is Lawrence. <laughs> the dad's name is Lawrence now? Okay. Yeah. I think no matter no matter how you spin it, it's clear that the nobleman has not been giving all of the information or maybe doesn't have all the information himself and might be jumping to conclusions. But I think this is a pretty good opportunity to allow your players to explore a little bit more if they want to or just let them run headlong into an orc raiding party and hope they don't get killed. Mm -hmm. the, I guess the other option is you can also plant some of this information in the village as well like if you, if you want them to you know go exploring because there could be other known hunters in the village who know about you know that there is maybe an orc settlement off in the distance and they think it's the same orc settlement that's been here for a while you can also supplant the information of oh yeah there be you know dire wolves in them woods um it could also so be a new orc settlement not new as in like a different set of people but like i'm assuming the player character is old enough at least to have some time to have passed between mm -hmm. his mother giving birth to him and leaving him on the doorstep and now fair he probably that could is be not a baby PC. yeah he's not a baby he could be 10 you know i mean he could be a child who knows i don't have that information sammy didn't give it but like if he's a child or if he's an adult some time has passed, and if the orcs are, you know, more Viking-esque, they could be slightly nomadic and just have returned here. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like that, too. Like, uh, doing a, a route? Yeah. A seasonal like route? Having a, a general, like, nomadic circuit that, they, like, they follow their prey. I like that. Yeah. Because then it explains why they're not always there, but sometimes there, and why, like, maybe the brother hasn't had an opportunity until recently, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, and depending on how old this age range is, the brother could be older. I mean, you don't know how many years older the brother is, so he could only be a couple years older than the player character. And so you can really negotiate maybe, you know, he's like mid-20s and at the height of stupidity, and so really wants to go off and, you know, and, and ends up uh, uh, making snap decisions without telling his dad, who still might technically be a good dude. Like, the because we don't want to, like, 
completely destroy that nuance, but we can also add in that underlayer of he just wasn't a good husband. He could be a great nobleman. He's just a bad, you know, husband, or maybe he isn't a really reliable father. He's not mean per se. He just doesn't necessarily, you know, support his children. He did send the half-orc brother away. Right. What if it's like the noblemen's a really good nobleman, but just like a terrible father, and he's like, oh God, what do I do? Children, they're things. Um, here, nanny, take that. Yeah. I mean, depending on the age gap, like Beth said, if there's if there's enough of a gap between the older half-brother and the PC, having a baby versus having like a 10 or 12-year-old is a very different thing. Sammy did say that the nobleman is mostly a good guy, and he let the PC keep his noble title, even if the PC was not raised in his home, and even if the PC is a half-orc and is mostly human passing. So, like, the PC is still a noble, but if you're a single dad who believes that his wife is now dead after being taken or given or etc. to a raiding party, and now you have a baby dropped on your doorstep... He might just not know what to do with a baby. Yeah, without any kind of confirmation either that it's actually from mm -hmm. the wife. They're just right. saying it is. There's no, like, there's no verbal confirmation unless the wife wrote him a letter. He I didn't mean, cut all ties and throw the child into a pig pen. He gave true. him to, like, a monastery. Mm -hmm. Like, he gave him to people who have raised children and could raise a small child on but their own. It does enhance the awkward level. Oh, 100%. When the PC shows up to talk to uh, our nobleman, Lawrence, and shows up and is like, hey, dad, <laughs> I mean, that's um, going to be some weirdness, especially if um, all of his information is now going to be tainted by that extra layer of weirdness between the two of them. Because I don't know how closely in contact they've been with each other. Or like how much he even knows who his half-brother is. Yeah, he, he might not know anything about his relations. I like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. right. I, think that, I, think I think that works really well. I think that's a lot of, you know, that's there's a lot of moving pieces that you can have. Is the mom alive? Is she not alive? Is the half-brother alive? Is he not alive? Why did he leave? Did he leave on his own? Did was you know Was he compelled to do so? Is there a third party that aren't noble or orcs that are somehow involved in all of this i think that you you have a lot of options to to weave a little puzzle together for your players or and the less the the pc knows about like lawrence and his family the more he's gonna want to like explore that right and and find out who these people are they supposed to be related to so it gives the players a little bit already of a narrative drive so that they it feels organic into why they're talking to everyone instead of just hey, we just want to talk to everyone instead of fight, which is fair because I think you should do that. But it makes it feel thematic instead of just being this this attacking mercenary group, which they might be, but it still gives them an option thematically. Also, just for, for funsies, Halfbro could totes be dead and have just been killed with the hunting party. We completely cut out all, all of the bananas nonsense, and the village is the one who is thoroughly determined that the half-orc tribe raiding village who of course has had problems with them in the past are the bad guys so it's just the village going it must be the orcs 
And he really just beefed it out in the woods. It's just some, you know, the, the mystery is not nearly as complicated as they're being told before they leave, if that makes sense. Like, all of the information they're getting is totally tainted by opinion. And so then they go off into the forest and he was just woofed by a dire bear. And, like, there's no real drama here. But you can add in other elements. Okay, well, why did they think it's the half-orcs? Can we go talk to the half-orcs? It depends on how dramatic you want this particular arc to be if you want to keep that nomadic you know following their prey lifestyle kind of a world building for the orcs the thing that the hunting party was going after could be the traditional prey of the tribe mm-hmm. so uh, because there are you know let's say dire boars if there's a dire boar in the forest every single time the orcs appear and people are dying hunting the boars while the orcs are there i don't think it's that far of a stretch to say that a small village full of humans would lean on the orc bad narrative, even if it's actually the prey that the orcs are usually taking care of for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got and, a lot and, of wiggle room. Yeah, and, and that hunting party could have been intercepted by an orc and hunting party. They they just, so like, there was evidence shown that the orcs were involved somehow, but they don't know. It could just been the orcs were hunting the same dire boar. Yeah, so... This can be either really complicated or not complicated at all. So there's there's a lot of like narrative room depending on how you want to swing this. Yeah. yeah. All right. And if you okay, want to cool. be even sorry, one other thing is if we're going with that more narrative, maybe the the orcs don't raid as much. Maybe they've just tried talking and the humans freak out and think they're raiding. So they're like, well, fuck this human village and just stopped showing up. You know, hey, Philip, why did you burn that house down? I don't know. He was yelling at me. I got scared and mad. And I, it was only one. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's, you know, maybe they have this one interaction that, that sort of set this precedent that they're not going to interact that, you know, the PC was born from. And then they haven't. And they just kind of come by once in a while to hunt this dire boar, you know, roaming population that the son either dies or gets wounded by. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, Sammy, you've got plenty to work with. Good luck. <laughs> I do have one more question. It's not really a plot question. Do you guys want it? Sure. All right. Uh, I have a character creation question from my friend Rachel. Rachel is currently playing a Horizon Walker Ranger and wants to know what, what classes or subclasses would be a good match for a multi-class. Dex based. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Uh, unless you want more spells. I mean, oh. yeah. I guess you could do wisdom based too. I just mm-hmm. go dex based because it's just easier to align that, that utility. Well, depending I mean, on how high their int is already, you could do dex based, uh, go rogue, but then do arcane rogue if you want to pick up a couple more spells. Yeah, but then you're trying to boost three stats because you, then you need wisdom, int, and dex. Yeah, which, yeah, that would get complicated. If You could also take a feat instead of multi-classing. If you're really, if you have your heart set on multi-classing, then for sure, you know, try and wiggle some of your stats around. But mm-hmm. if you don't need the extra class, you could always take a feat to get more magic mm-hmm. or anything else. True. Both initiate, yeah. Um, if your DM is wanting to continue to play with Unearthed Arcana, there's a new one for Rogue called Phantom. It gives you some abilities to up your teleportation and your ability to sneak attack while teleporting, which is some Horizon Walker bullshit that you can do. So, say, yeah. yeah, it definitely Thanks, increases. Walker. Yeah. Or uh, Assassin. 
some additional information that might change your mind. Rachel has told me that a majority of the rest of her party are also rogues. Oh. Stick with the rogues. Make it a whole thing. Everybody should be a rogue. <laughs> oh, rogue party. Everybody's stabbing each other in the back. Sneak attack, sneak attack. It's sneak attack everywhere and nobody has spells. It'll trust me, your GM will appreciate it. Um <laughs> well, you mean no counterspell? You just you just mean no counterspell. Yes. There is no counterspell. And and they have to defeat their traps by rolling for them, damn it. No one can just <laughs> spell the trap away. Um I guess some monk. You could also swing monk because they're dex and wisdom. So if you wanted to go more Kensai, something that already uses weapons, um, you can you can add bonuses that way, but it does negate your ability to wear armor if you want to gain any of the monk extra armorness. Although I mean, you, you might... could be a Jax Barbarian, but yeah. you can also go completely off the map and just sell your soul and become a warlock. Yeah, that's easy. That's more always of a character did. choice than anything, but <laughs> yeah. Or the other direction, you could go full cleric. Get in touch with your inner deity, some deity that deals with horizons. <laughs> you could be a deep one, you know, some some uh, uh, plane walker um, bullshit. Uh, druid. I guess you could do druid too. I, I'm a fan of multi. I'm a fan of playing where you're not like so wholeheartedly dependent on your stats. Like if you want to be a rogue, uh, l- l- for for example, let's step away from the the horizon walker. If you have mm-hmm. a barbarian and they've been taught to smash. But their true passion is, I don't know, let's just say uh, they really want to be in a boy band. It's the number one dream to be the next bardic boy band. But they have a charisma score of eight. I'm all for you just going hog wild and multi-classing into bard and just up every single role. I think there's, there's, just, a, there's a balance. Yeah, I, I just... From a narrative perspective, that can be really, really funny. From a character creation perspective, it, can be it sort of steals your thunder every time you level. Because you're not gaining the same bonus as the rest of your party as. And that can always be a difficulty with just with multi-classing. So it's why leaning into your stats already, it'll help keep you on par with the rest of your non-multi-classed party. And um, having to DM someone who, like, has these jumping levels for different characters. Like, some characters might be min-max and some characters were just for narrative fun. Holy crap, can that get difficult? Trying to build an encounter that doesn't, you know, just off the fun NPC, but, like, is still challenging to the min-max guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> there is, you need to fall on that curve just so that also the DM can, like, throw a monster at you and not have it just kill you because it you know wouldn't kill the rest of your party mm-hmm. so there, there it's something that can be discussed with your with your dm so i guess either lean full into character just story arc wise or go something dex and wisdom heavy those are probably mm-hmm. your two best bets for this kind of thing and if you're looking for something not as dramatic as a full multi-class i think looking into a feat that might help you mm-hmm. or even I mean, it it doesn't even need to be a feat. It it could be an item. It could be some wondrous item that that does some crazy weird shit and has some weird, you know, caveats. Like I have this thing that will that can do this this amazing thing, but it takes like a quarter of my health, or it can only be used once every blank days. You know, something 
awesome that has a lot of restrictions could make for some interesting outside of your class drama. Yeah, I think it depends on why are you multiclassing. Yeah, which I she Rachel didn't give me that much information. She just wanted to know what would class or subclass well with a Horizon Walker. So yeah, there you go. So yeah. Well, there you go, Rachel. I hope that helps. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, if you or your friends have questions for the doctors, you can write your question into DearDrDM at gmail.com. Doctor is spelled out. So it's D-E-A-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-D-M at gmail.com. Remember to give us whatever information you think we need to understand your situation. Uh, But we're not looking to read a novel about your party's exploits. Just uh, give us what we need. Yeah, help us help you. And if you like what we've done here and you want to hear more DM stories and brainstorming activities, please rate and subscribe to our podcast. We're brand new. We'd love to hear more from you. Um, And yeah, that's it. Thanks, folks. We'll see you next time.